what would it look like to forgive yourself? What would it look like to fully exonerate yourself, to allow yourself that peace, to wipe the slate clean for you, to reestablish a relationship with yourself from this place of kindness and peace? Welcome to the Rising Beyond podcast, where you can find hope and healing after a toxic or abusive relationship. I'm Sybil Cummin, a licensed professional counselor specializing in working with victims and survivors of domestic violence and narcissistic abuse, including the youngest witnesses. Over the past decade, I have been honored to witness victims move to survivors and then to thriving in their lives. If you feel alone in your healing process, are dealing with the onslaught of post-separation abuse, or just needing some validation that you are not crazy, you are in the right place. To forgive or not to forgive? That's really the question, isn't it? Do you find yourself feeling this sense of pressure to forgive your ex or you know, it's time to just get over it and move on. And what people don't understand is that even though you've left, that does not mean that the abuse is over. In fact, sometimes it increases after you've left. And those of you dealing with post-separation abuse for years and years through custody disputes and litigation and using your children as weapons, you know that the abuse just continues. So how do you forgive someone when they continue to abuse you? That's a really tough question because forgiveness holds a lot of weight for a lot of people. And so today we're really going to talk about what forgiveness means within your healing process. And we're not just going to talk about forgiveness of your partner. We are also looking at forgiving yourselves. And so I want to offer a different look or maybe different idea of what forgiveness might be. And so I'm going to share this quote. It is from Dr. Edith Ager. I believe it's in her book, The Gift. And we will post a link to this book in the show notes. But it is my favorite definition of forgiveness that I've ever seen, heard, read. And it is, to forgive is to grieve for what happened, for what didn't happen, and to give up the need for a different past. I'm going to read that one more time. To forgive is to grieve for what happened, for what didn't happen, and to give up the need for a different past. So how does that feel hearing that definition of forgiveness? Does it fit what you know to be true of forgiveness? Or is it a shift in thinking? And so As we are moving on today, I'd like that idea of forgiveness to remain in your mind. And so let's look at, is forgiveness really necessary for you to fully heal? 
I have a different perspective than many other people out there. But what I have seen over the last decade is that forgiveness, as most people think about it, is not required for healing. So forgiving your partner from this clinical perspective is not a requirement for you to fully heal. And we're going to look at different ideas of what forgiveness is. But I will say there's this one tricky little thing that self-forgiveness is actually a requirement to fully heal. And that is no easy task. And so we're going to really dive deep on what is forgiveness and are you willing to offer that to yourself? Are you willing to offer different forms of forgiveness to other people in your life, maybe family members or friends? Maybe you need to look at forgiving community members at your house of worship or coworkers or other things like that, but really also forgiving yourself. So let's look at the different types of forgiveness because there's not just one definition or one type of forgiveness. There's actually three that we're going to talk about today. So these are exoneration, forbearance, and release. Let's break each one of those down. Exoneration is typically what you will probably think about when you think about forgiveness. This is when the slate is wiped clean and your relationship can be fully restored with whomever that person is, that all is well. So let's look at when that type of forgiveness, when is exoneration possible? If the hurtful situation was a complete accident or no fault or blame should be applied, then this wiping the slate clean and relationship being fully restored is possible because there was no intention to harm you or harm the other person. And they likely will apologize. Think of something that maybe you've done. You bumped into somebody in the hallway because you were, you know, looking at your phone or doing something like that. You did not purposefully bump into that person, you can apologize pretty easily. I know that's a pretty lame example, easy example, but there was no intention of harm. It is also possible when the person who committed the offense is not capable of understanding the consequences of their actions. Let's think of a little kiddo who, you know, gets really angry and they throw something and that something breaks or it breaks something else. If they are really young, they do not understand that throwing this is going to likely break it or break something else because they're in a different place. They're in an angry state of mind, really frustrated. And so in that moment, they're not capable of understanding those consequences. So let's take a look at another time when this is possible, exoneration is possible, is the person who committed whatever offense it might be, is truly sorry, and they will take full accountability or responsibility for their actions. If that is the case, that slate can be wiped clean and the relationship can be fully restored. 
So let's look at these possibilities in your abusive relationship with your ex. Was the hurtful behaviors, was that abuse a complete accident? No. What we know is that domestic violence and narcissistic abuse is typically willful. And there's this process that they use to work in their world. So number one is a no. Are they capable of understanding the consequences of their actions? Maybe. But you know what? They actually don't care about the consequences of their actions for the most part. Because for them, the gain of keeping you in the relationship and maintaining power and control over you outweighs any harm they're going to cause to you in their mind. So nope, that's a no-go. So let's look at will your ex take full accountability or responsibility for their actions? Nope. So that's a no, no, and no. So exoneration, this type of forgiveness is likely not an option. Your relationship will never be wiped clean and you likely don't want to restore this relationship. So exoneration is pretty much off the table for your ex. Let's take a minute and I just want you to ponder, could exoneration be given to myself? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Let's move on to forbearance. So forbearance, um, the slate is not wiped clean. You are willing to release any grudges or revenge fantasies and kind of allow yourself to stop dwelling on the offense. A lot of times this is temporary. And I'm going to explain a little bit more about that. So this can be used. Forbearance is kind of a good option when the person who committed the offense offers a partial apology. So maybe they take accountability for some of it, but then they're going to blame you for some of it or even all of the behaviors or, or what happened. So mm, that doesn't feel like a full apology at all. Maybe the person is someone who is extremely important to you or you're not ready to cut them out of your life completely because they are offering you some form of support in this moment. So maybe you need more information from them based on interactions with them to make a decision on cutting them off or fully exonerating them. And so, like I said before, this is like a temporary situation. This is, I am going to forgive you and I am going to very closely watch your actions and behaviors to see if your actions will match your words. So maybe they, you know, they apologize for something and they will never do this again And yet you start seeing those behaviors come back. And so the words feel empty. So the more you get this type of information, you know, nope, I am not moving to exoneration because they are showing me that they are not going to take full accountability and they're going to do the same thing again. So it may be that then you need to move to kind of the lower form or lowest level of forgiveness. This is release, and this is where you let go of your bad feelings, 
your preoccupation with what has been done to you. And this type of forgiveness is for you. It is really solely for your benefit. So this is a good option when the person who committed the offense will never apologize. They will never take responsibility for or acknowledge any wrongdoing. So if you're sitting there thinking about your ex, you're probably thinking, yep, they are never going to take accountability. They likely will not have a true apology. I can't offer them the other types of forgiveness. When the relationship does not have to continue and you don't have to see them anymore or have much of a relationship anymore, this is a great option. Because again, you're giving up this need to grieve or need to continue having those bad thoughts cycling in your mind about what's been done to you. You can give up that preoccupation with those pieces. And I say this like this is doable. You could do it in an afternoon. But no, this process is actually extremely difficult and can be really helpful for you. So I'd like you to take a look at is release a good option for you? So again, if we look back at how can you forgive someone who's going to continue to abuse you? It may even be difficult to use release as a forgiveness because it is ongoing on and on and on and on. If we're looking at someone else in your network or your ecology, maybe you start with forbearance because you are struggling to trust in general. But this person has shown you that they have shifted and made sustainable changes and you can move to exoneration. Or maybe the opposite, they show you their true colors are going to be to continue to abuse you and you have to bump it down to that form of release. So I want you to sit with each of those and kind of decide what feels right in each situation. Now, your decisions on this and ideas on this and what sits right for you is going to be based on your belief system around forgiveness. So what are your beliefs about the importance of forgiveness? Maybe in your um, spiritual belief or spiritual practice, forgiveness is required of you. That is going to change the way you see forgiveness than if you don't have those belief systems. So I want you to think about where did these beliefs come from? Is it something I still subscribe to? And does it fit an abusive situation? Maybe it fits every other situation in your life, but not when there's willful and ongoing abuse. So what process do you use right now to forgive others? Is it something you've ever really thought about? These are all going to be things that are going to influence if you are willing to forgive someone else. They will also influence whether you are going to forgive yourself. So let's move from talking about forgiving your ex and forgiving others and really look at forgiveness of self. What would it look like to forgive yourself? What would it look like to fully exonerate yourself, to allow yourself that peace, to wipe the slate clean for you? 
to reestablish a relationship with yourself from this place of kindness and peace. Right now, as you're sitting here, what type of forgiveness are you willing to allow yourself? Now, there is a pretty big link between self-forgiveness and shame. And I talk about this a lot with my clients and community members, is that shame and self-forgiveness have inverse properties to each other. So as one increases, the other will typically decrease. So as you allow yourself more and more grace, self-compassion, self-forgiveness, your levels of shame are going to decrease. And so if you're thinking that you're not really interested right now in looking at self-forgiveness, I want you to think about how much shame do you feel and how much does it negatively affect your decisions, your ability to be present with your children, with your loved ones? How much of an effect does shame have on your life? And then let's rethink about how important self-forgiveness and self-compassion really is. So Beverly Ingle, she is an author. She's written many different books that would likely be helpful for you all. Um, one I'm thinking of is The Emotionally emotionally Abusive Relationship. She has some other ones, and I will put a link to um, maybe her website or her books in the show notes. But she has some great ideas on self-forgiveness. So one of the things that she has said is self-forgiveness opens the door to change by releasing resistance and deepening your connection to yourself. Yes, please give me some more of that. Your identity has likely been stripped from you and It's really hard to reconnect to who you are. And imagine if you could forgive yourself, it could open that door to a deeper connection to yourself. She's also said the most effective method of self-forgiveness is for you to vow that you will not continue the same behavior and not hurt someone in the same way again. So I want to break that down a little bit to say, I am not suggesting that you hurt your partner or that you are having fault in this abuse. I am talking that someone that you have hurt is you. So by learning more about what it is like to get into the relationship, what are your risk factors, um, what are the warning signs, building connection with your intuition, all of those things that can prevent these types of relationship in the future, or learning how to set really strong boundaries with your ex if you have children with them and you have years and years that you will still have to be connected with them. You are learning ways to interact, set boundaries so that you don't harm yourself again. So that is one of the greatest ways to start this journey of self-forgiveness is learning, continued learning. And so let's look back at exoneration. Wiping the slate clean 
and reestablishing the relationship, that it can go back to a restored sense of being. What would it be like if you could reestablish your relationship with yourself? The slate is wiped clean, but that doesn't mean we forget everything we know. You now have all of this amazing knowledge that you can use to continue growing. So right now, do you have space? Can you leave space or just think, give yourself the option and the possibility that you could fully exonerate yourself for getting stuck in this relationship, for allowing these behaviors to occur, maybe forgiving yourself for how you behaved in your relationship with your ex, maybe how you parented your children while you were living with your ex, or maybe now even while you're dealing with the onslaught of litigation and post-separation abuse, what would it be like to be at peace? That can be so powerful, that idea of peace and calm and trusting yourself and offering that to yourself. So I gave you one or two ways that you can start this process of just increasing your knowledge, learning more about how abusive relationships happen, how you're targeted. Some other exercises or things you can do to start this process is really look at what were the actions or inactions that harmed you and your children. Now, this can feel really overwhelming. And so if you start asking these questions and you become extremely overwhelmed, these are then questions you need to do with a therapist, a support group, in a community that feels safe to you where you can ask these questions and not feel extreme amounts of judgment. So what were the actions or inactions that harmed you or your children? Make a written apology to yourself for how these actions or inactions affected you. I want you to think about, does your relationship with a higher power offer some help in self-forgiveness? Are there other resources you can tap into to start working on self-forgiveness and self-compassion? I want you to actually write out in a journal how you have learned thus far what you have learned from any mistakes you've made. And I want you to acknowledge the steps you are currently doing to work on yourself so that you do not repeat these mistakes. And as many times as you need to write those things down, I am drinking more water. I am going to therapy every week. I am being intentional about my time with my children. I am journaling every day. I am doing meditation X number of times a week. I am slowing things down when I get that dreaded email from my ex. I'm slowing down. I'm taking a moment before I respond so that I can respond instead of react. I want you to nitpick your day. And instead of picking out all the bad things you do, I want you to pick out each and everything, no matter how small it is, that you are doing to improve yourself 
and your self-worth so that you can learn from and not repeat these mistakes. So I want to wrap it up by just reminding you that it is not required to fully forgive your abusive partner. Not required for your healing. But to heal completely, you do have to be willing to forgive yourself and work on that every day. And then again, remember that as your self-forgiveness, grace, compassion increases, your shame is going to continue to decrease, which then is going to allow you to more easily forgive yourself, which then is going to drop your shame even further. So is this doable? Absolutely. I know that you can do this because I see it every day. Maybe it's going to take you some time because these ideas of self-worth and shame-based living in your world are ingrained from maybe even childhood. And it can be done. So if this episode is really helpful for you, you know what? You might need to listen to it again. And maybe during your healing journey, right now, you might be able to offer yourself just a little bit of self-compassion and self-forgiveness on one thing. And in three months, you're going to be in a different place and you may be able to offer yourself release. And maybe three months from then, we're going to move up. And eventually, you are going to be able to offer yourself that full exoneration and reestablish that relationship with yourself. So if you know anyone that this might be helpful for, I would really appreciate you sharing it with them. And if it was really helpful for you, I would love to hear about it. Or if you're having a challenge with this, I'd love to hear about it. My contact information is in the show notes, and I can't wait to continue this journey with you. Thanks for listening. If you're healing from relationship abuse and are looking for support and sisterhood during this journey, I'd love to invite you to the Rising Beyond community where you will get expert guidance, connection with others going through similar experiences, and a safe place where you'll always feel seen, heard, and believed. To learn more and to join, go to www.risingbeyondpc.com. We'd love to be a part of your healing journey.